Hello friends and welcome to Monday's edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. I hope you had a great week and weekend. I am Mark Heath. I am back. There's only two of us around today because we're thin on the ground at the moment. Mike Bacon's having a nice lie down. Now he's a successful author. Ross Halls is off this week, unbelievably. Whole week at the dentist, apparently. And Stewie Watson is just taking a day off because he didn't have one last week. So here we go. It's me and my man, Hutch Hogan, David Hutchelhoff, Hutchzilla, Adolf Hutchler, uh, Michael Hutchins. Uh, I think that's it, mate. I can't remember the rest of them. Um, Andy, how are you? Solid, mate. I'm all right. Thank you. You all right? Uh, Good week? Good week off? It was superb, my friend. Uh, Lovely. I I love spending a week walking the peaks away from any other people. Pubs, walks, no people. Three things that are big ticks for me. Friend, I've also been just been complimenting you on your new haircut. You've gone Sean. Short, hard man yeah. style. Yeah, I'd say new haircut is maybe generous. It's just cutting back the old one. <clears throat> give it another month. Yep, that's uh your winter cut. That's my that's my approach to my hair. Cut it back, let it grow, rinse and repeat. Superb. Uh, friend, I want to share with you something that I learned while I was in the peaks. I was doing a bit of reading, as I often do, obviously, because I'm 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 big intellect. Uh, and I was reading about the Roman Empire. It's my new thing I'm into. Um, uh, and I I, uh, I discovered the origin of the word decimated. So okay. when, you refer, when you refer to a team being decimated, this is where it comes from. So back in the day, obviously, the Romans were proper hard bastards uh, and they used to like winning wars. Once ruled a quarter of the world, my friend. I didn't know that. Uh, anyway, uh, and one of the reasons for this is because their soldiers were terrified to fail on the field of battle. Um, and when they did, when they were deemed to have not lived up to the Roman name, the uh, they picked a legion and then they, they basically, by lot, drew out names. One in ten of said legion was then beaten to death by their own mates. And that was called decimatio. And that's where decimated comes from. So uh, there you go. That's a Let's bright bit Bright news, isn't it, to start the pod with? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. As you, Are you start as you... starting your own empire. <clears throat> is that why you're kind of read, reading into this? Is that the aim, just to start your own? The KOA is an empire, isn't it? We we rule at least a quarter of the airwaves. If it's town wise, <laughs> I sense things might be might be about to go up a gear. Then, if that's what you're, uh, if that's yeah. what you're reading, be my aware. News. It's my new you're management gonna, technique. Boy. You're going to beat beat me and stew to death. <laughs> no, I'd make you beat each other to death. That's the way it works. I I stand and watch. As, as the uh the legionnaire um friend i have a, a bone to pick with you though before i went away Ipswich town were cruising they were decimating opponents they were smashing people from pillar to post uh and now i, I return i check the scores and in the three games i've been away they've only scored once what's going on i should have a boat it's a bone that needs to be picked with you then isn't it it's your you're the problem what's been going on i mean obviously you would say they've not actually lost either um but how yeah, have things you could, been? You could, you could, you could say that, yeah. How uh, have things, how have things been, my friend? A bit, a bit disjointed. Um, these, and it's going to happen again potentially next month as well. These little cup breaks are just a bit disjointed. You go, went into an FA Cup game followed by a, a trophy game, and that's a whole week kind of given over to getting away from the job, the job in hand. Um, a welcome distraction when you're winning. Uh, not so much if you don't win the games, and it's just all been a just all been a little bit a little bit disjoint bit disjointed during that week, and then um, and the Oxford game rolls around, and it, in many ways it was that it was that again. But yeah, the uh, Wickham seems a little while ago now, doesn't it? So uh, yeah, it's all drifted a little bit. But yeah, unbeaten though. If you wanna if you wanna clutch at some positives, glass half full. 
Um, and that's going to be my first question to you, Hutchie. Oxford at the weekend, high-flying Oxford, um, another test for town, nil-nil at home. So was this a good point or an opportunity missed? Oh, Your thoughts, you, please. You know the answer to that. You know that we won't We won't know whether it's a good point or not <laughs> until later in the season. <laughs> that's exactly... Um, uh, it's not a bad point. I, you you wanted more from it that everything with Ipswich at the moment is framed by the fact they've they've had this bad start and um, had some catching up to do, which, which means they need to take two points from every game to to mm. get to where they want to be. Obviously, a draw means you only take one. Um, so if they beat Sunderland, it's two points per game over those two games. If you don't. You look at it as it being dropped, but all, all in all, it's not. It's not a dreadful point. It wasn't. Wasn't the greatest of games. Oxford. Oxford just seems to be that for Ipswich these days. Four out of five of them have ended nil nil. Mm. They haven't scored a goal against Oxford as a League One team yet, and um, their best chances to do that really kind of came inside the first first portion of the game. Hit the hit the post twice through through Bon and Selina and. Um, for me, it was a fairly even game. I th- Paul Cook talked about Ipswich deserving to win it, and given the two sides' differing approaches to it, which we'll talk about in a minute, you, you can't you can't argue with that. Um, mm. But but they didn't do enough to win it. So um, I'm not going to say a draw was fair, but it kind of was because they didn't because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't score. They didn't score, but. Um, but yeah, we move. We move on. There's um, bar a couple of talking points. There's not really much to say about this game. We were just talking before we came on mm. and started recording. It's um, yeah, it's not going to be one that lives long in the memory for for kind of stuff that happened within the game. Mm. Well, shall we dive into those couple of talking points? Being as you've trailed them, Hutchie, there are two as you as you mentioned. Obviously, the successful and very impressive league debut of, of a young man called Bailey Clements, another one of our own. Uh, and the other main talking point seemed to be, certainly from watching our game day video, people getting very angry about the ref and perceived time-wasting slash cheating, allegedly, um, from the game. Which of those two would you like to tackle first and tell me your thoughts on? Let's talk about let's talk about Bailey first. Yep. Um, um, he played the second half of the Colchester game while you were away, came on for Miles Kenlock, who was ill, and um, he did quite well. He didn't have a lot of defending to do. Colchester weren't weren't exactly throwing men forward, but he was able to get forward himself in that game and, and looked looked really quite comfortable, really quite comfortable doing it. But even, even given that, it was still a bit of a surprise when the, the teams came out at, at two o'clock on Saturday to find him to find him starting the game. Um mm. as is the way now with Paul Cook. We didn't really know who was available. Kane Vincent Young's shoulder injury thankfully isn't anything particularly troubling and and he could well be back in the mix in the next couple of games but we thought maybe he could go over to left back or Danassing could go over to left back Matt Penny obviously uh we didn't know Hayden Coulson would be fit or not so there's four four players there um as well as Cameron Burgess who started the Oldham game that you would maybe look at it and think probably were ahead of Bailey Clemens as potential left backs but I'm really glad that he went I'm really glad that he went with Clements, particularly particularly over Burgess, who just isn't a, a fit at left back. He's a situational player. He can see out games for you, but he's not a starting left back. Um mm. in in my money and clearly not in Paul Cooks either. He, he went with the young man. And um very interesting that after the game we found out Matt Penny wasn't injured, just just left out, which um 
going back to the, the Plymouth game where he had a bit of a nightmare. Um, um, says says a bit about where he is and, and where Bailey Clements is. So it was really nice to see him. Nice to see him get a go. Can you talk a bit about his qualities as a player? I mean, obviously there were a lot of people there on Saturday who would have seen him in person, twenty one thousand plus, uh, and other people would have seen him before. But what does he bring as a player to the to the side, Hutchie? Well, I've watched him a fair amount for the under twenty threes over the last few years, um, mm. and I've always I've always thought he's a very steady. Just a very steady play. He's incredibly fit, which I would say is probably up there in his in his qualities. But he's a mm. very he's a very steady player. Um kind of in many ways he reminds me of Cole Skews in terms of maybe the way he moves, albeit a little bit quicker, um, quite a lot quicker. Um, but just calm, very calm, I've always thought he was. Um and he and he was in this one as well. He defended well. He had Mark Sykes up against him, who was a a dangerous player for them, and he he had he gave as good as good as he got in that sense. Mm. And like all academy graduates these days, he's he's very comfortable on the ball and can move can move forward with it. Um, so he's he's a he's a good all rounder. He's obviously got a lot of work to do in in all of those areas to to progress into being a kind of a true first team player. But I think his fitness is the big one that it mm. allows it allows him to do a lot. Um, and and not kind of find himself dragged around or out of position because he can always he can always recover. But his fitness and his just calm calm approach to the game. There's no kind of getting lost in the headlights with him. He's very calm, level headed, um, sensible football player who's who's got ability at both ends. So yeah, there's there's certainly something to work with. Fit, calm, level headed. Sounds like someone else I know, Hutchie. I'm looking Cops. at you. Uh, I'll, I'll give you two out of three. I'll give you two out of three of those. So we know Paul Cook likes his fullbacks to attack and get forward, though. Is that part of his game? Yeah, yeah, it is. He's, um, he's certainly, there's certainly the ambition there. He's um, he kind of notably, I can I can remember him. He was the man that kind of drove forward from the halfway line with the ball before laying it off to Selena to shoot to hit the post, and that was that was a good move. He, he certainly gets forward. He um. He also got forward to flash a ball across the box from Macaulay Bond in a really good position in the Col- even in the Colchester game. He was kind of in the box in the final minute, having a shot that could have won the game and not taken it to penalties. So, yeah, he's got it. He he fit. He's he fits kind of Paul Cook's mold. He wouldn't have mm. really. I don't think he was in Paul Cook's kind of equation. His thinking. He was one of very few players at the club for first team training when the season began back in July or June, July time. And he kind of drifted away as the new players came in. But mm. yeah, he's, um, if I was Matt Penny right now, I would be, um, I'd be having a bit of a look at myself because you've suddenly got this added competition, um, for a place that you would probably have thought would have been, if Caden Coulson was injured, Matt Penny would have thought it'd be a shoe in to start mm. these, these games, but, um, he's not anymore. Mm. Um, because Clements has done his, himself no harm at all, and I'm sure and we're going to talk about Oldham later. But I'm I feel sure he'll play again. So yeah, um, yeah, he's got a real chance. If uh, Cook talks about players keeping the shirt, um, it's it's Bailey Clements's shirt at the moment. Mm. We will discuss that in due course. And what about the kind of the the more negative headline from this game then, which was the um, play acting, shall we say, rolling around on the floor of of numerous Oxford players? Was this? All part of the game, the dark arts, as, as Stuart Watson is so keen to refer to. Or was this a bit bit more than that? Um, 
I don't think it was an awful lot more than that. They did. They started it quite early. It was a <laughs> kind of flick, flick the switch early on. I, I don't know if I can remember so many drop balls in a game as this one. That not, not un- that they were uncontested largely. And teams bewildered of, as to whether they should be giving the ball back to people or or not. Um, but if you don't, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. But if you don't, if 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 Bond had scored. Instead of hitting the post, obviously a really good header there. If Selena hadn't had his shot tipped onto the post, Nips, which were one nil up, you wouldn't have got any of this. So, for me, for me, it's um, not a particularly attractive part of the game, but but part of part of the game, mm. part of the game, no less. It's um, yeah, it's not it's not great to watch. But if if you put teams away, then it's not it's not in their armory anymore. Mm. Should the ref have done more to stamp it out? Certainly in the game, David, there was a lot of anger yeah, about him not I, being tough enough with it. Yeah, I thought in terms of actual decision-making, I thought the ref actually had quite a good game. Um, mm. I mean, he certainly did Ipswich a bit of a, a favour, potentially with a, a penalty that could have gone against Toto and Ciala and, and another one actually with a with um, a shirt pull. But he got, he got sucked into Oxford's side of the game. And yeah, that... I don't know what more you could do. You, if play, if a player goes down holding their head, and then you, you stop the game, and ultimately they get up and like, are actually feeling their thigh or something, like I don't know what you can what you can do as a ref. You're in a you're in a bit of a horrible situation because if you don't, if you just play on, and there is a guy down with a head injury, you're not you're not really yeah. in a in a good place, are you? And um, but yeah, he did get he did get sucked in a little bit by that and it became a little bit farcical by the end by the end of the game i hate that that's one of the things i hate about yeah. modern football is is the play acting the rolling around i don't see how they can look at themselves in the mirror afterwards uh, and not be embarrassed by that sort of behavior they probably um, are yeah uh, they, they probably are but they they go home <clears> with a point which which clearly they feared they weren't going to get um mm. And it hurts um, the game it... as a whole as well, though, doesn't it? Because you, then you, you end up seeing inevitably these clips of these, these histrionics. I mean, not probably at this level, but certainly at higher levels where it's even worse. And that, for me, that really turns me off football when I see that. I'm like, oh, this is nonsense. Mm. What's, what's wrong with these people? Um, so, yeah, sorry sorry to see. But ultimately, you reckon a, a point was was fair? Yeah, you have. Yeah, I, uh, sadly, it is. You have to. You have to score a goal to get anything more than a po- to get anything more than a point in a football match. And, it, and, and Ipswich didn't do it. Um, they had more of the ball. They. Came, I, I was impressed by how Ipswich came out at the start of the second half. Actually, they. It started the first half. It started to kind of drift, um, at times, and mm. they needed to come out and set a tone at the start of the second, which which they did. Um, but aside from a bit of a, a Macaulay Bond kind of trundler at the goalkeeper, there wasn't an awful lot that he needed to needed to do. Um, so, yeah, sadly, sadly, I think a point is probably probably fair. Um, although there's there's one of these teams that was had a much kind of much stronger intention to go and win it than the other, and that's mm. uh, clearly Ipswich. Mm. Shall we talk about who else impressed you? Bailey Clements, obviously, you've already mentioned. I, I note that the boy, the fridge, George Evanson, was your man of the match again. He seems to be becoming imperious. Yeah, like he is. Roman Empire. Um, he is. He is. Talk he'd a little be, bit about him. He'd be the man standing there getting everybody else to beat each other up. I think <laughs> at the moment he's 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 super solid. He's um, yeah. He he uh, 
once he'd signed, I, he was one of the ones that enthused me the most. And I think he's going to be, I, I think you can probably see, by the, he's the only one that got a four-year contract off the bat, I believe, mm. um, of the new signing. So I think clearly he's one that enthused the, the hierarchy significantly as well when they were able to get him. I think he's one that, without speaking too soon, will stand the, stand the test of time at Ipswich and can go through the levels with them. If mm. if they're able to get up those levels, he's physical, fit. He's positionally he's very good. Um, he's good in the air, and he's decent on the ball. A good covering defender as well. He's, he's got a little bit of everything. Um, I think they've I think they've got a good one there. Excellent. Anyone else worthy of note? I, I know you say Wes Burns had an off off game. Which yeah. Is, um, unlike Wes, I know you're a big fan of his, but yeah. Anyone else stand out? Um, not. Not particularly. Christian Walton again had, a, had made another really good save at, at the start of the game from Sykes. He's the the spine of that team's coming together. I thought Janoy Danassian started off a little bit rusty, but came on really strong with some good defensive moments. Mm. Burn, Burns was a disappointment. Um, I've, I've said this a couple of times on the the video stuff we've done over the weekend, but when he signed as as a winger, I expected him to have games like this a little bit more often. We saw this very regularly from. Uh, the man whose shirt he inherited, uh, the number seven, Guion, Ed- Guion Edwards. We saw it a lot, very, very quiet in games. Um, but we've not seen that from Burns so far. He's He's been brilliant. He's been a real kind of potent attacking threat down that right. Mm. But in this one, he just didn't didn't ever get going. They didn't. They weren't ever able to match him up with the fullback for the the one-on-one run that he likes so much. And, and his touch wasn't there either. But um, I'm sure it's just a blip because he has, he's been brilliant for them this season. Hmm. What about his partner on the uh, on the opposite wing, Carl Edwards? Is he is he going off the boil a little bit? What do you make of Carl? He's simmering. He's been <clears> simmering <throat> away for a little while. Um, he had more of the ball than the other two in that in that attacking area at the weekend. He had some chances to move. Much of it, Ipswich's attack came down the left, and he had hmm. he had opportunities. Um, he's exciting on the ball. He gets it, he rolls his foot over it and he teases a man, but the, the final part of it just isn't there at the moment. Um, I like him. I hope they persist with him, but given the attacking options that are available in that area, um, he, he, he does need to start delivering what they call in the modern game numbers. He needs to yeah. give us, he needs to give us some numbers, some assists, some goals, and they're just not coming for him at the moment. There was another, this was another one of those games where, they just didn't. It just didn't happen for him in the big areas. Hmm. Okay. Um, one more question for you before we move on from this game, and that's there's been a few kind of grumbles about the use of Piggott off the bench. Um, North Stander Terry Hunt, one of our columnists, said he's baffled by the or the use or slash non-use. He said of of Joe Piggott. Now, clearly, Macaulay Bond is you know, unquestioned starting striker, red hot. Although he's in a bit of a bit of a goal drought himself at the moment, this counts as a, a little slump for him. He's not scored for a couple of games, um, but Piggott came on really late, didn't he? Uh, on mm. on Saturday. So, what do you make of that? Clearly, that's not given him a lot of time to, to do anything or build confidence or otherwise. Um, he was involved in a bit of a penalty incident, but um, is there an argument there that maybe Piggott should be coming on earlier? Uh, it'll be a very brave day, I think. The 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 day that. Um... That Paul Cook substitutes Macaulay Bond. I, I know people will argue well, he doesn't need to substitute Macaulay Bond. He needs to mm. he needs to put them both up there together. But I think I think they're just they probably just needs to be an acceptance that 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 doesn't that doesn't happen <laughs> with Paul Cook. It's not something that he does particularly readily. Um, 
I think he got the final two or three minutes of this game for Bursan Salina, who himself, I'm sure Cook will have left on thinking Salina's been quiet, but is a man for a big moment and could produce that big moment for him. Um, But it would be a very brave call to take Bon off for any significant portion of of games at the moment. I'm sure Piggott's Ipswich career hasn't worked out how anybody was expecting it to work out because I'm sure while they would have wanted plenty from him and expected plenty from him, many didn't, even within the club, didn't expect this much from Bon either. Mm. So, no, it's it's an interesting one. Um, I, I don't know if you'd say you give Piggott 20 minutes instead of you, you'd have to have taken off Selena. Um, he did take off Burns and I think he did take off Edwards from memory. I thought the substitution will blur, blur into one a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, yeah, he did take. He took off Edwards and Burns on on seventy minutes. I don't know. Would you maybe put Piggott on then? But then you brought on Connor Chaplin, who's scoring goals. Mm-hmm. You brought on Sonia Luko, who's scored more goals than than Joe Piggott has for Ipswich. Is um, yeah, he's. It does. It does just seem, doesn't it, that it's a like for like change or. Mm. Or, or nothing really for, for Joe Piggott. It's interesting to see if he'll get a game at, at Oldham. Yeah, and we'll come on to that in, in due course. Any other notes in from this game, Hutchie? I know Ed Schwartz was in attendance. He's going to go home feeling a bit short-changed, isn't he? Yeah. Brett, yeah. BJ, BJ's been bigging it up. Dramatic late winner when he was over. Goals, goals, goals. Ed's come over. He thought, I'll get over there for the Chambers Bowl, the biggest game of the season. That was nil-nil. Fair enough. He saw then through a penalty shootout, which would have confused him as an American. Um and then he's 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 gone right. Oxford, big game, big game, boys, nil nil. He's he's flown home without seeing a goal at Fortress mm. Portman Road. So he must be he must be underwhelmed. Yeah, fortunately they're all they're all coming back for the Sunderland game on this in a month's time. So I hope they're hopefully uh, hopefully they'll get their share of goals. Then yeah, mm. that, that that's been confirmed. The whole ownership group will be at the the Sunderland game um, in front of what they hope is a twenty eight thousand strong crowd. So hopefully. Hopefully, Mr. Schwartz will uh, will get his get his uh, delight. Then that's going to be tremendous. Um, I mean, again, we've obviously sung their praises a lot, haven't we? The old game changer a lot, but they do seem to get it uh, and that ambitious target. And it's not just that game, is it? They're talking about the, the entire festive period, trying to get as many, yeah. as many people there. Is there some kind of offer? Did I see on tickets where you yeah. Can get- yeah, it's like a package. You get all three of them for forty quid or fifteen quid each. I think the, the twenty-eight thousand is something that they've not had for a league game since mm. two thousand and eleven. For for a league game, sorry, two thousand and eight. You have to go wow. back to for a twenty-eight thousand league game against anybody other than Norwich, um, which they've only had once in that time as well. So yeah, it's an ambitious target. But I read, I, I think they'll probably do it. Mm. Um, I, I see like there's lots of people kind of clubbing together to buy tickets for, for fans that might not be able to afford them as well, which, which is sort of nice to see people coming together. And um, for the Sunderland game, I think they, particularly with those, the owners there, like real sense of occasion. I think they can, I think they can reach that number. The others, I'm not so sure it'll be up, up to that 28 level, but, but even if it's what, 24, 25, it's, um, it's great. But yeah, I, I honestly think they can get there for that for that Sunderland game. And how many tickets will you be buying for fans? Um, <laughs> <laughs> 28,000. 20, wow. Incredible. 
Um, should we move on? But talk about something else entirely different. James yeah, Norwood, we... who's um, a story that you broke last week. Obviously, not going to looks like he's not going to be at the club much longer. Transfer listed and all that, and, and he's had some more bad news over the weekend. Um, a break in at his home, uh, which is very sad to see. Clearly, uh, but more interestingly as well, he was he was sharing some of the the comments that people were sending to him. Did you see this? Um, when he was playing golf like. and such? No. Okay. In that case, it makes it hard to talk about. But it was um, a, a, as a wider issue. I wanted to talk about it because there were it was basically people saying not very nice things to him, um, and that kind of wider issue of, of football players. No, I mean clearly James Norwood is a lightning rod in terms of the way fans feel about him. But for me, sending abuse, I never, I've never understood that. Why would you then send unpleasant messages? to said player no matter how much you think you don't like him you never met him but why would you then send messages to him um as an issue Hutchie is this something we need to do do more about what more could we do what do you reckon uh you could start by just not sending them it's well it's, yeah like some yeah and I don't know about the ones you're in particular talking about here but there's, there's absolutely no need for it is there like adults shouldn't be mm doing that to each other on on social media. I'll be completely honest, I I spend a significantly less time on social media now than than I ever have. Um I don't find it huge hugely adds an awful lot to my life. Um mm. and that's a decision I made probably a year or so ago and I, I yeah that that works for me. I I I you know I've got no problem with social media but I I there are some very ugly sides to it. This sounds like a, again, I've not seen the messages, but it sounds not great. I can only imagine what kind of messages he he probably gets. Mm. He's probably sent a few of them, uh, a few a few messages himself, or pub- publicly or privately, that he's probably uh, probably aren't great either. Because clearly James is a his so- the use of social media is something that that's been under the microscope. Um, but nobody nobody deserves just to be sent vile vile messages, do they? It's mm. what. Just it's, it's just unnecessary. It's just unnecessary, isn't it? It's mm. not. It was a great tip you gave me, by the way, Hutchie, which again I employed over the week I was away. Delete Twitter from your phone. Um because I find I like you, my friend, I find social media a bit of a trigger. Um and I'm the sort of personality who gets wound up by stuff. Uh and you once said to me, just delete it off your phone, which I've started doing now, uh, when I go away, which meant Although I didn't really feel like I was connected to what was going on, um, it is kind of a much calmer headspace, isn't it? If you haven't got that thing constantly bleeping all the time, you can spend you can spend hours on there, can't you? For yeah. absolutely no reason whatsoever. I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one that would that would say this. Kind of at the start of the pandemic, I you got more time when you sat in the house, mm. you end up scrolling, and I just had a realization that I was just scrolling through and just reading absolute absolute <laughs> nonsense that 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 didn't add anything of any positivity to my, to my life whatsoever. I, um, it's not so much that it, I get kind of wound up by it. You just kind of can get a bit lost in it. And mm. um, yeah, there's, there's more to life than, than scrolling through social media. And there's certainly more to life than um, abusing people on it. Um, yeah. It's not really, not really my place to tell people how to use their social media, but just don't send nasty messages to people would be mm. my, would probably be my guide to that. 
There you go. Andy's simple messaging. There we um, are. Simple messaging. Simple messaging. Let's move on to something else that's happened. Um, down the road, but worthy of note. Um, just bear with us. Norwich City have a new manager. Um, obviously, Daniel Fark was was sacked with, with his side looking like on pace to become the Premier League's worst ever tough side, perhaps. Now, the man in place at Carrow Road is Dean Smith Hutchie, an experienced manager who's had success elsewhere, formerly of Aston Villa, of course. He's got Craig Shakespeare with him as well. Um, who I think was briefly manager of Leicester, wasn't he? I, I remember yep. after after um, they'd won the league. Yep. So, yeah, um, clearly we're not going to spend ages talking about this, but it is worth reflecting on, being as they are town's biggest rivals, and hopefully they'll be back playing the derby next season in the championship. What do you make of this appointment? Because I saw Frank Lampard being linked with it originally, which I thought, that's never going to happen. Frankie Lamps is never going to go to Norwich City. Um, but they've ended up with Dean Smith, which is... In terms of where Norwich are and and the, you know their kind of status in the Premier League, it's pretty much as solid as you can get, isn't it? Yeah, um, I'm sure there are people at this point will say, "Well, why are you talking about Norwich?" But ne- we're, we're hopefully next season, it's it's hugely relevant. Like, yes, yeah, like da- Daniel Daniel Farker became quite quite relevant to Ipswich at times with with all the the games between his sides and and um, Mick McCarthy and then Paul Hurst's Ipswich. At, at some point, and then obviously Paul Lambert as well. I, I feel a bit sorry for Farker as much as putting the rivalry aside. I, th- I think I quite liked him. I liked mm. his. I liked his little voice. I liked. The, I liked his. I liked the football that he played. Um, I liked how ruthless Norwich became in the in the final third. Although obviously didn't didn't like it when it when it came against Ipswich. Um, so I feel a, a little bit sorry for him, particularly being sacked after after a win. But I think they've made a good appointment here. Um, maybe dodged a bullet with Frank Lampard. Um, mm. he, you say, yeah, you say you didn't think um, you couldn't see how they'd get. I think it played out the same as it did with Ipswich. They spoke to him, and then it became apparent that actually he might not be as interested as mm. as if I, I do wonder where he's going to end up. Like, what what is he waiting for? What what scenario? What job does he want? What level of football does he think he can get a job at? Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's kind of quite as high as he might think, mm. but but um, for Norwich, I think they've made a, a much better appointment in Dean Smith than than taking Frank Lampard. He's he's he ticks boxes in terms of keeping sides in the Premier League, which is obviously their primary objective. But then he also ticks the box of being able to get a team back into the Premier League, which he got, I think I think they went up together actually, Dean Smith. Norwich and Daniel Far- uh, Dean Smith's Villa and Daniel Farker's Norwich. So both objectives, obviously in the short term, they want to stay up. Long term, medium term, sorry, they want to get promoted again next season if they do go down and he, he ticks all those boxes. So yeah, he should be a, a solid appointment. I think I, I I think I saw something today that he might be about to become the first um, Premier League manager ever to manage successive games against the same team. I believe I'm right in saying, because I think his last game for Villa was against Southampton and his first game for Norwich is going to be against Southampton as well. So there we go. Symmetry. Love it. We're, we're bringing you all the facts and knowledge today. Um, I mean, clearly, obviously, it's Norwich and there's a rivalry there and all that kind of stuff. But I'm whispering quietly. Norwich have done things the right way, though, haven't they? Yes, they're not really competing in the Premier League, but they haven't spent absolute tons of money. They've kind of built their way up through the league's through bringing through a lot of their own players. They've then traded those players on and made big money on them. Um, there is something to be liked, isn't there, about the way Norwich go about their business, even mm-hmm. given they are, you know, bitter rivals. Yep, bit, bitter rivals and 
an awful combination of kit colours aside. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you can't. If you look at it objectively, you can't. You can't look at them with anything other than sort of praise, really, and be impressed with how if how they've done it. I think they, I think they make a little bit, particularly on their last promotion. I think there was a, a lot being made of um, how they've they've done it, despite not having a rich benefactor, which they haven't got, but they were also backed with parachute money yeah. in the championship, which makes them, which makes a massive difference. They've got themselves quite some time ago onto that kind of yo-yo years and years ago. We're talking now and they've, they've been in and out of the Premier League a few times and kept the parachute money. And that's in undoubtedly has helped, but they got there in the first place. Thanks to Paul Lambert. Mm. And, um, yeah, they've built their built their club into what it is now. So yeah, um, impressive. But hopefully, Ipswich are back up in the championship and playing against them next season and can begin the the process of kind of turning that turning that tide on a slightly more even financial footing. He's got to get seven points, Hutchie, to avoid the ignominy of being the worst ever Premier League side. Um, the mighty Dar- the mighty Derby County of two thousand seven yeah. eight. Um, and then, of course, let's hope we see Dean Smith and Norwich at, at town next season. And I hope we see town decimate them at Portman Road, Hutchie. Um, speaking of decimation, I was when I went away, I was expecting, I pleaded, I even wrote something about it. I spoke passionately about it on here. Paul Cook to stick with his winning side against Oldham in the FA Cup and cut through them like a hot knife through butter. I was surprised to see that he then did stick with that winning side. Um and then rather underwhelmed to see the result, which all means, Hutchie, that you must be buzzing now because you know tomorrow you're heading to Oldham in November for an FA Cup first round replay. What could be sexier than that? People say you've got a glamorous job. Um, but clearly the, the big question going into this one is having played his, his, his winning side for the first game, that's clearly not going to happen for this game, is it? Because you've got a huge, huge game at Sunderland on Saturday, potentially the biggest game of the season so far. So the question is, what do you do, Hutchie, with the side? You, you hinted earlier you think Bailey Clements will, will keep his place. How strong do you go for an FA Cup replay at Oldham? Well, I think he hasn't got a winning side to keep anymore as well, no. which is the slight <clears throat> difference from 10 days ago when obviously going into that game off on the high of the, the Wickham win, you've, you, there's a winning team there to keep. I think even if even if the Oxford game was coming... um uh, sorry, if the Sunderland game was coming this this Tuesday, I think he'd have to be looking at changes anyway because he needs. He, he, I think it needed a freshen up. Um, mm. He said there will be some changes, but I don't. I don't think he's going to change the entire side. I don't. Um, I think a fair few players could keep their place in this game. Maybe maybe a few tweaks. Certainly in those forward areas, I think we'll probably see a Luco and Chaplin in the side at some point. Um, but aside from that, I, I honestly can't see. I can't see loads of loads of changes. Might make might make the odd one at the back potentially. Um, but right now, I can't predict a team. But all I could say is that I think there'll be maybe four changes, five changes would be my gut feeling as to as to what what will happen in this one. So, what would you do then? You 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 play Bailey Clements by the sound of it. Piggott yeah. start. Pickett starts up front. Chaplin and Aluko, you say, probably come in. Um, where else would you be looking to make a few tinkerings? 
I probably know more. If it if it oh. was me, if it was me, I I don't see why you need to drop Christian Walton out of this mm. game. Genoi Dinastians had a couple of weeks off. Um, come back into the side, keep him in. Um, George Edmondson will really not that it, not that Paul Cook will let him make this decision, but George Edmondson, as an olden boy, came through the youth system there, will really want to play. Um, mm. And if you and if you're going to play him, I'd play him with Toto as long as you're not thinking of dropping Toto for the weekend, which I don't think he would be at this point. Um, Clements, I would play. Um, I'd potentially maybe look at maybe at some fresher legs in the midfield, possibly possibly Harper or even maybe even El Mazzuni in the midfield alongside Morsi as a fresh legs option. I think Evans would come back in for Sunderland potentially, but maybe some fresher legs in there. And then then yeah, I probably would play Piggott. I probably would play Chap Piggott, Chaplin. Maybe that maybe completely rebuild that front four actually. Piggott, Chaplin, Scott Fraser in there. He could even play deeper, um, and Sonny Aluko. That's I'd focus on the top end of the team. I think. Mm. And did I see we got an actual update on? And this is important. Rakeem the Dream. His actual nickname this weekend when you spoke was it the Evans you spoke to referred to him as Rex. It's pronounced Rax. Rax. Like yeah. it. Strong. Not not strong as the Dream, but still still better than your usual footballers' nickname efforts. Mm. A little bit. <laughs> no, you were checking something as if you were <laughs> no, no. searching the database. No, I'm just checking. I haven't missed out any. I always feel like I miss out players when we're talking about this. There's just so many of them. There's also Tom mm. Carroll to think about. Don't know where he is. No one will tell us. Um, yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I would focus on the top end of the pitch and kind of stick with, stick with it at the back end. Do we care about tomorrow, Hotchi? Yeah. Grand... We do. Yep. We want, I, we do. Want a I, run, I do. I do. I do. I can. We I can should have speak. a cup run. We should we have only, a cup run. Yeah, uh, and Paul Cook cares. The players care. They, yeah. I think they, there's a wrong to right. I think they, if you ask them privately, they would tell you that they slacked off in that first staging of this game. Paul Cook did everything that he could to win it. He named the team that just beat Wickham four-one. So um, that shows what he thinks. The next game is already drawn. Obviously, Barrow at home is the prize which is winnable, hugely winnable. And then you're in round three, which is where they where they want to be. So, yep, I care. Um, I think Paul Cook cares. And he needs to now pick a team of players that care as well. Mm. Um, obviously, the Sunderland game is big at the weekend. big As big as they get, really, in kind of League One game terms. Um but yeah, find a find a team of eleven players that care enough to get you get you through to the next round because um yeah, it's important. Do you think Cookie read my impassioned clarion call? Actually, I'd imagine that. Oh, I imagine so. Yeah, I imagine that's why he made that decision that he did. I, I can't see any other reason for it. Yeah, um, what about so. what about Sunderland this weekend, Hutchie? Is this the we've spoken a lot about not t- perhaps knowing what the best eleven is, and you said something about very wise as you so often are with insight, talking about I can't remember which game it was, but that is when we'll first see what Paul Cook thinks is his best eleven. Surely we're going to see that on Saturday, aren't we? We're going to actually have an insight into into what he thinks his best eleven players on that yep. pitch are. Yeah, I think so. I think he's close to knowing it. <clears throat> I, 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 whether I think the left back thing chucks that up in the air a little bit because yeah. 
I think Hayden Coulson would probably be in that in that team. Um, I'm not 100% convinced by him so far, but I think I think in terms of the left backs available, he would be in. Um, I think he's very close to having a preferred eleven. Just um, just a few little wrinkles in there, but yeah, um, yeah, his his best eleven players, best eleven fit players will be on the pitch on Saturday, no doubt about that. Mm, big one, big exciting times ahead, Hutchie. Um, I think that's pretty much it for today. Have you got anything else you want to discuss? Oh, million pound picks. What have I missed? Forgot about it. Haven't done any. You forgot about it? Yeah. What? Forgot. Completely forgot. Yeah, this we only your... did we only did one podcast last week, and I, I'll be honest, completely forgot. Um, <laughs> this, is, so... this is your feature. Come on. Yeah, don't worry. Well, well, no, we're in a position, aren't we? Um, we back. We'll be back for the weekend. We only do league games. It's, you've you've missed nothing. But you're off Wednesday, Thursday, which means I can, means... I can still make a pick. He's not you having can... it. He's I'm going to say, don't, don't give it to Stu, whatever you do, because we know what happened last time. You've only just recovered no. from that. No, he's, he's he's not having it again. It took it it took me effort to get back onto a level footing after that that debacle. <laughs> so I'll, uh, yeah, you'll have you'll have a pick for the weekend. Before we depart, Hutchie, what's over your shoulder? What what football shirt is that peeking at me? Is that a new one? No, very old. Any guesses? I can't, I can't really see. What's the sponsor? It looks like lowest off from it. I know. What is that? Is that Huddersfield? No. What is it? 1860 Munich. Oh, come on. I've that, never got that. That's Leuvenbrau. Why have you got an 1860 Munich shirt hanging up in your... From the 90s as well. It's proper retro. Nice. Do you just rotate... You know, like Mike rotates his books on his bookshelf. Do you rotate them? Yeah, for my own amusement. <laughs> What's your favourite shirt that you, you own? Ooh. Well, the one one of the ones that's on the wall to my over my right, yeah. That John that John that's John McGreal shirt, that number four. I caught that yeah. in the I caught that in the crowd in two thousand and one. That's right, because we talked about cloning him, didn't we? From the sweat that's <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. So that's that's that that one. That's probably my favourite one in reality. Which is why what's, it's in a frame. What's the one next to it? Also framed. Uh, that's actually the same, not the same shirt, the same from the same season. Um, that's uh, a shirt from the 99-2000 season that they wore at Wembley, but it's signed by all of the guys that were in uh, the Wembley film that, that we made ah, a, a, couple, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. A nationally award-nominated Wembley film, if you haven't yeah, seen did, it. Yeah, it didn't win, though, did it? Well, it should have done, though, shouldn't it? Robbed. Um Okay then, friends, I think that's probably it for today. Anything else you want to mention, Hutchie? No other business. <clears throat> no other business. Okay, just leave me then to remind you to please support our sponsor, Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery all their excellent clobber. After a week away, Hutchie, I need to get right back on the weed whacker, let me tell you. Uh, I also noted over the weekend that the uh, the Lawnmower 4.0, not only the official testicle trimmer of the Kings of Anglia, also the official testicle trimmer, they don't call it that, of the UFC the behemoth that is the UFC. So uh, there we go. We're, we're swimming in in impressive waters with the UFC there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also... For hairy the, waters. Hairy waters. I mean, as, as we've spoken about before, you never know. If you need to make weight, you need to shave off all that body hair, get the lawnmower 4.0 involved. There you go. Um, please follow us across all our social media, Kings of Anglia on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. 
<clears throat> and also leaves a five-star review on iTunes because it helps us brilliantly with the visibility in the charts. That's the first show of the week in the books. Townhead to Oldham tomorrow. Hope you enjoyed today's show. You've learnt the origins of Decimated. You've learnt an interesting fact about Dean Smith. And you've also learnt not to send stupid messages on social media. Hope you have a great start to the week. We'll be back later on in the week. Enjoy the game at Oldham if you're watching or indeed going. Well played if you are. And we'll speak to you next time. to football, Brexit to postal. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.